Thank you for listening to the Self-Love Science Podcast. I'm Janice Cruz. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform so that you can be notified about new episodes. This week is a really special episode for me. I have an amazing guest, author Eileen Cruz. Eileen is someone I admire very much because she's been on a self-love journey for quite some time. I always tell her she's farther along on the self-love monopoly board than I am. Um, She's inspiring a lot of young women locally, many of whom are victims of various forms of abuse. She's sharing her story in her books, and she's leading a book club where young girls have the space to talk about how to establish healthy relationships with themselves and with others. She's being the change that we need to see in the world. Irene and I are also hosting an event on Zoom on Saturday, September 25th called How to Love Yourself, a workshop on finding your light. It's going to be 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can register on my website at JaniceCruz.com. Click on Workshops and find the Eventbrite link. Register for my email list, and as a thank you, I'll send you a list of affirmations of awesomeness to your inbox. One last thing, follow me on Instagram at Self Love Science Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Janice, and you are listening to the Self Love Science Podcast. Today, I've got a special guest on the line with me, Irene. How's it going, Irene? Very good. Thank you. Good. So I just wanted to talk to you about, um, we've had a few conversations about self-love in the past, and I feel like you have a really beautiful journey and things that you've been through, and you've been able to really overcome and thrive Um, One of the areas for me about self-love that I find really important is being able to become resilient under, you know, extreme circumstances. Like you have a journey that kind of forced you to to really look at yourself and who you wanted to be. And um, now you're working on publishing your third book, which is so cool and amazing. It's like I'm a writer. So to me, I dream of, you know, publishing something. So I just want to hear a little bit of your story. Like, how did you like start with the first book? I guess what is it that made you feel that you really wanted to share your story? Okay, well, um, thank you so much for having me, Janice. Um, this is an honor, and um, I, I my journey started when I mean, even as young as a, a teenager, where um, I was seeking um, love. I come from a home where. Um, that wasn't given or demonstrated in any healthy way. And so I did what I ca- I could do to um, get love. And um, the old saying where they say, um, looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah. And so um, what I what I did, what I loved to do when I was younger was do a lot of journaling. And that was where my uh, journey for healing started. And that was um, just writing how I felt, the things that I've gone through. Um, when I was younger, or just, again, a teenager, I needed um, I needed to hear or wanted to hear from my father that he loved me. And I knew that I was not going to get that at that time. And so a friend told me maybe it would, it would be good for me to just write letters or maybe write him um, how I felt, write to him how I felt. So that's how I started my first book. It was just a, um, a bunch of journals of how I was feeling. And um, 
I shared it again with her and she says, you definitely have to write a book. <laughs> and that was where my first book came about. And it was called Set Free From My Past, A Healing Journey From Abuse. So that was where I first started my um, healing journey. And um, it took, for me, it felt like that was just the beginning of taking that layer off and understanding um, more about my father um, why I could not get the love that I wanted from him, and also um, just the beginning stages of learning to love myself. So you're talking about journaling, and that's interesting to me because for me, when I think about how to heal, I think about what is the most easily accessible ways for people to heal because I feel that it should be available to everyone. I don't think you need to go to some like you know, spa and, and, you know, pay like a thousand dollars to go heal out in a field somewhere or something. I think that healing is accessible in the most basic, simple and free ways. And the number one thing that I recommend to people whenever I talk to them about healing is to journal. I'm like, write a letter to someone who hurt you so that you can just say what you need to say to them. Even if you're not, you know, in the space to say it to them in person, or you're not brave enough to say it to them that's still like getting those emotions out. So I think that that's really beautiful. Um, can you talk a little bit? So what, what did you, how did you receive love or what did you think love was um, when you were younger? Um, okay. So when I'm um, going back to when I was younger, well, <laughs> uh, I did not, it definitely didn't understand what love was. What I did want was um, a touch in a in a way of maybe a hug, um, to be told that I was loved, um, the attention as a young girl, um, things like that. I feel like that was something that I seeked out, and um, so I, I guess what I was thinking that that would be just spending time with someone would show what love was. And um, because that was something that I didn't receive. And that's what I, my father's presence, I mean, even in his presence, he was not there. He didn't speak to me. He didn't spend the time with me. Um, I spent most of my time alone in my room. And so that's what I thought I believed loved was. Um, as I started venturing out, um, because I didn't know what it should feel like or be like, I think I started, I, I do know that um, that was where my venture was of finding unhealthy love, <laughs> what I thought was love and what the world had to offer. Yeah, I was thinking about my own upbringing and sort of what I saw. Like one of the questions that somebody asked me later on in life when I was like well into the self-love journey was, do you have any healthy relationship models? And I was looking around and thinking, no, I don't. Like I don't see a happy, healthy, and whole like couple in a relationship. And so for me, I learned a lot about um, the communication of like women in my family. I learned a lot of that, you know, men were like unfaithful and that that you just like loved them anyway. And that you know, people would harm you and you just continuously forgive even to your own detriment, even if, you know, you're in pain and you're suffering. I would hear a lot of conversations about it's better to just be 
with someone and just try to work it out. Like I thought it was winning. I thought when I would um, re-enter an unhealthy situation in my life, like whether it was a romantic relationship or even in jobs and things like that, to me, I was like, I'm overcoming a challenge and this is me being successful and me winning. And I learned later that it was like, no, the loving yourself is what's important, like figuring out how to have this internal state. So today I feel like my internal state is so beautiful and so joyous. And I feel really lucky to be me. I feel really lucky to be, you know, alive and um, to to get to re-experience life as myself. So now that you've gone through all this healing and you've been able to have these books and share with other people, how do you feel now about yourself or about receiving love? I've, um, well, I would have to say that it's, I wanted it to start with just um, having a peace of mind. And that was loving myself, knowing that every thought that came to mind um, had not, we think of things about ourselves and not all of them are truth. <laughs> and so um, the more I began to learn that um, that was my first journey in, in truly loving myself is being accepting to even the flaws. And um, I feel like that that's, that's just the beginning journey of loving myself and going through just my recent, the very last book that I just um, wrote or am in the middle of publishing. Um, I, when I began writing the story, it was, um, the book is called caught in my thoughts, um, finding my peace, but I originally thought it was going to be finding love and, um, and understanding, you know, like loving myself and things like that. And it was, However, I found also that um, it that battle was all in my mind. A lot of it was in my mind, a lot of things that had been said as a young girl. And so when I began to um, come against those thoughts and how and things that I was so used to saying and then just really being gentle and loving to myself, that was just a, for me, I felt like it was a beginning of really, truly loving myself. So did you have, do you remember when you knew, like, did you have a moment where you knew like, oh my God, this is what self-love is. This is what it feels like. I'm there. Uh, you know, <laughs> I want to say there has been, there was, um, and let's see. I feel like it was during the time that I was writing this book and there was when I needed to take breaks and because of the fact that, you know, you, it, a lot of different emotions were coming about and I love to take time and to express myself through dance. And I know this is all throwing you, I mean, it's just <laughs> from writing to dancing, but I did. Sometimes I just had to step away and I was listening to some music and listening to, it was a love song. And of course, with love music, you're really not, most of the songs are really love, you know, like someone singing a love song to you. But for, I forget what the song was called, but I internalized it instead of some person telling me that they love me, but it was just me singing to myself. 
and just there and then just began to ball and realize just what love is. It's like, there's no, there's just little pieces of really truly learning to love yourself. And it's and being the, the, the age that I am, I feel like there was just small journeys and those, um, those points in healings. And that was one is where I said, wow, this is what love feels like. And I bawled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was just loving myself. <clears throat> I love that story so much. When I was, so when I was healing and I was like at my, I was, I think at the end of the getting rid of the negative stuff, right? So I had done the journaling. I have written letters to like everyone. I had difficult conversations with people too. That was something that I really didn't have the bravery to do in the past, right? I was always someone who didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I felt like if somebody hurt me and I had to tell them that they hurt me, that I was in exchange, I was hurting their feelings. So I was avoiding having, you know, conversations with people, but I like cleared out all the through journaling, I just cleared out all the old stuff. And then I remember just having like this emptiness, this feeling of not carrying the weight of the past anymore. And I started doing things that I really enjoyed doing. So for me, it was like dancing or I would do yoga in the yard. Um, One of the things that I did, I remember talking to my friend because I'm a songwriter, but I don't sing. So my friend's a beautiful singer and I remember telling her one day, I was like, I would love to know what it feels like to express myself that way, to feel Mm -hmm. the overwhelming feelings of of love and happiness and to be able to sing it the way that it sounds in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like a musical in my brain. And I was like, you know what? Who's going to stop me from singing at the top of my lungs? So I went in my backyard and I put on my dad's stereo and I would do yoga and I will put on my favorite songs. And of course, like it can't be something easy like Britney Spears. I'm like, no, it has to be like <laughs> Beyonce, you know, or Jennifer Hudson or something. And I was just singing at the top of my lungs. And I felt like, I don't know how to describe it. There was a moment where this exhilaration shot through my body. Absolutely. And I could feel like all the energy of being free. Yes. And I was like, this is what self-love feels like. I love myself so much that I am going to sing at the top of my lungs and that because that's who I am because I want to express myself that way. And it felt like it really did feel like something opened, you know, like like if you're you're in a cocoon your whole life and then you feel it and all of a sudden something just cracks open and your soul expands outward, you know? Absolutely. That just brings such a big smile on. I mean, I <laughs> I feel the same way. I I mean, like, it's just so hard to, I mean, my, I'm so moved, honestly. Janice, I know exactly what you mean. That's exactly how I felt that day. And it's just, again, it's just a way of just accepting this is love. Um, I also had a friend when I finished, I was almost finished with my book and I felt kind of, um, frustrated because I was like, I I thought that, that, you know, that very end, I was going to be like, this is love. (laughs) You know, this is exactly what it feels like. And, and now this is over, you know, and I, I reached that, that point. And, um, but I, I, I saw things that I was just like, but if only this could be this way, then maybe I could love myself a little bit more or, 
or maybe that I'm not truly loving myself because I've allowed this. And there was those questions. And um, she said something very powerful where she spoke about um, asking someone to come and speak about their lives and that that person felt that they weren't there yet. But yet this person loved where that person was at this time. And when we think about people loving us in, in just those, I mean, even at your worst, why shouldn't we love ourselves at that, at what we think still isn't good enough? And do we have to get to a place where we think this is that good enough to, to love, where we teach, right? Unconditional love. <laughs> and so um, that was when I, um, like I said, just recently with the whole dance and I was just, it was Actually, I remember now it was the song was um, beautifully broken or broken, something like that. Um, something with beautiful and boy, those tears and that um, that rush of love and just holding myself, you know, the way I just like, you know, even writing. Oh. Now. <laughs> like how you wanted somebody to, you yeah. were saying that you wanted somebody to hug you and the whole yes. time it was like always available. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I, I really love speaking with you because I feel like when I hear you talk about it, I know that like, I know exactly <laughs> what you're experiencing it's like this ultimate peace knowing that everything's going to be okay and you don't need to be anything other than what you are. Like right now with whatever is broken, whatever is, you know, you could do better, like you're perfect in this moment, not in spite of what you've been through, but as a direct result of everything. And I had this moment where I felt like if I didn't go through every single thing, it was a really beautiful spiritual experience for me where I knew the like purpose and everything that I had ever been through. And I said, if, if I didn't go through even one thing, I couldn't have gotten to be this person today. And this person is so amazing. And I think when you get to a certain point, like I want to ask you more about like kind of the service that you, you do for the world, because you get to a certain point of having so much love and I feel that it's this infinite fountain, like how they, they say the fountain of youth, but it's like the fountain of unlimited love. There's just no end to it where you feel like I need to give this to the world. Like oh, this yeah. is, this has to be part of my purpose that if I've learned how to do this and I know that there was a time where I didn't know how to love myself and I didn't know that it could feel so beautiful, I'm supposed to be here to give this out. So you work with um, like a lot of uh, young girls and and women who have been through really traumatic experiences. Can you just share a little bit about what, what it is that you do or what you have done in that community? Sure. Sure. Um, so for the past, um, I want to say 12, 13 years now, um, I have been working with young people. Um, st I started off with actually to, it started with my book, the first book. Um, I, someone read it, they enjoyed it. They asked if I can come and speak to women and um, oddly, <laughs> they asked um, they asked me to come back in and wanted to talk to me, but it wasn't about speaking and engagement. It was actually about um, working with young people that had um, experienced trauma. Um, and so, of course, that was just like something. At first, I was very fearful. I was like, you know, who am I to be able to just talk to? I mean, I'm a, I'm a mess myself. This is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
they gave me a curriculum and was teaching young people about having healthy relationships, um, preventing teen dating violence and sexual assault. Um, I used my uh, my book as a tool, as a side tool, to be able to connect with the young people in my of what I had gone through in my life, and that was probably the most powerful tool that I could use. When I was walking in there, I wasn't speaking, uh, you know, about something that was just like, "Hey, you guys, just don't." You don't need to be doing this. I mean, this is what this is. But yet, this is part of my life and this is why I'm here and I'm speaking to you. Um, ever since I was younger, I've always told myself I'd like to work in helping people. And so that was where my career started. Um, then it, then from there, I started working more with um, uh, sexually exploited youth, um, sex trafficking, and primarily... Um, sexual assault survivors, and then also domestic violence um, survivors um, with young people. And uh, once I just recently, I had to take, um, it took about three months off. Uh, I would say this was just last year, um, just to step away. I needed uh, time to figure out this is where my, another part of my healing was coming to play. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, that's where the book was birthed, this um, this newest book. And um, from there, I started working. So since coming back, I, instead of doing all of like, just, I felt like I, I guess what you can call it, like saving, thinking I was like saving people. And, um, and it, because when we have hurt, you know, a lot of times we want to go out and we just want to like, you know, I understand what you're feeling and I want to save the world. Um, however, I knew, I realized that I need to take care of myself first. And that was that time apart. So since I've been back, um, instead of working, you know, directly with what we call, you know, advocacy and going out and going to hospitals, medical um, examinations, things like that, that were really um, seeing, experiencing a lot of um, trauma with the young people. Now I started what we call the um, Discovering a Healthier You book club. And I've taken my book, the second book, Hope Looks Like You. And what we do is um, I wrote a curriculum and how to address feelings and emotions through the characters of the book. This has been um, amazing. I young people have been um, able to talk about their own feelings and emotions through these characters. And it was like an, what we call a backdoor approach to how to talk about things that are difficult, like sexual assault or um, being in an un, in, in unhealthy relationship and actually talking about it and, and feeling shame of um, like, because I feel like a lot of young people in, Understandably so. I understand that where you're in a relationship, you're not ready to um, to get out of this relationship, but how do we help you? How do we support you during this time? And with this book, these young people are able to talk about this unhealthy relationship in the book and not really talk so much about themselves. But over time, they begin to say, you know what, the more I read and the more that we're talking about this, I realize that I'm in an unhealthy relationship, or this has happened to me, or this is the first time I'm able to talk about how I feel because I feel like someone understands how I feel through these characters. And so that has been, um, again, I, I would say in my whole career in working with young people, this has been one of the most amazing 
um, things that I've, I've seen, you know, and in watching their experience, especially that the character, when you start to hear them say, when they connect with these characters and say, oh my gosh, I see myself there and this person reminds me of me and now I can talk about this and feel comfortable. So that's where I'm at right now with the work that I do. Do you find that what is, um, so I grew up in a household where like we didn't talk about, you know, self-love or healing and things like that. And I had, I felt like my mom was very loving to me. Um, but this was, that wasn't a normal conversation. You know, their, their parents weren't hugging them and teaching them things. So we just, you know, go down the line and you love the way that you know how to love. Um, my parents tried really hard to be really good parents, but they, I didn't get any, like, here's how to be healthy and happy and whole. Here's how to have a good, healthy relationship. I got a lot of, um, you know, like, this is what you, this is how you deal with the messed up situations. Like, here's how you can like stand up for yourself in this way. If somebody messes with you in a relationship, you know, you, you cuss them out or whatever. And I feel like there's all these communities, especially where I was from. And I grew up there like in my really early life. So I don't have, I didn't, I wasn't in the world of, um, dating or anything by the time that I left. But I just feel like in in certain communities, there aren't even access. There isn't even access to things that could enrich you and get you away from it. Like I remember having this failed dream of I always wanted to do ballet or gymnastics. And wherever I was, we just didn't have access to things like that. So even if there were opportunities to get you away from those bad situations or to get you around like healthy activities, it just wasn't, you didn't really see stuff like that, you know, and, and, and families, even one generation up, it's like you brush everything under the rug. You don't talk about those things. You, you have to avoid them, but then, then you avoiding it and your parent avoiding it. And then you pass it down to your kids. You don't know how to speak up. So how can you then teach them? Absolutely. I totally agree. And, um, and you're, and you're talking about when you were younger, even now it's, there are, there are some schools that have been open. Some of the MPS has been open to me coming in with a fight <laughs> and talking about the, um, these, um, the book club and talking about these feelings and emotions in the book. And I mean, raw emotions, we're talking about self-harm and, um, coping skills and things like that. Things that they, um, sometimes People say, if you talk about suicide, then you're promoting suicide. If you talk about, you know, um, relationships and you're, you know, the kids are going to go out and do it. And um, however, what I'm finding is that we're having these conversations and the young people are already experiencing them. And what makes it even, you know, it makes it sadder is like they've said, they said, this is now I'm able to talk about this. And there's counselors that sit in on these conversations and even tell me, wow, I didn't realize that the student was going through this. I didn't realize that just last year he broke her back, you know, and that's while going to school. But once they're in this book club and they're feeling comfortable and they're now they're talking about these things, um, again, it finds a place for them to to feel empowered and to have that voice. And just recently a mother said that she is just so happy that her daughter is in the book club. Her daughter's speaking up and talking about things that she hasn't spoke about in a long time and, and loves the book club. And so mom went to the school and was talking to the school about this book club and how she feels it would be great because 
they know what's happening in the school where a lot of young people are in unhealthy relationships. A lot of young people have experienced um, some of these issues um, that we speak about. And yet the response was, no, our kids do not go through that. And that this, our school is a very small community. So we don't need that. And mom was, you know, she herself was just like, I, I just don't understand it. I, I can't believe that that's how, um, you know, as a parent, that woman that she was speaking to is a parent that she would not give her child an opportunity to have a safe space to talk about these things. And when you think about it, so the people who are making these decisions, right, like we're discussing in our little families, how people brush things under the rug. That is like across, I am sure the entire planet of people not wanting to confront and deal with their emotional baggage. So you go to a school, now you have a decision maker. Yes. What is that person's experience of healing? Does that person know how to heal? Has that person addressed any of the traumas in, in their life, you know? And it's and then you have other parents who also are like, no, we've got to continue brushing our things under the rug. Mm -hmm. So you're going to come into a school and teach my child how to heal? How would they cope with a child coming home telling them, something happened to me and I need to tell you about it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I was in, um, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship as a teenager. I, I dated this one guy and like, before that I was a very mild mannered, very, you know, sweet, younger. I didn't have any life experience, you know? And this person, like that was the first time in my life that any person ever called me a bitch. And I was like, whoa, there was no, like nothing leading up to it put it like that. It was that person's emotional issues and the way that they had dealt with things and whatever their experience was. And it wasn't like there was an argument or any, there was like nothing that happened. And that person just freely was verbally abusive. And I remember after that becoming very angry at myself for not standing up with myself, but I didn't have any tools to deal with it. I didn't tell anybody that that happened to me, you know, I didn't, I didn't even want people to think bad of that person, you know, like you want to protect this person who is not kind to you at all. Absolutely. And then after that, I carried that into my next relationships. I remember feeling many times that I will never allow this to happen to me again. But what ended up happening is I took that person's anger and I ingested it. And then I went out into the world and, and perpetuated it. You know, I would get in relationships where then I would start yelling at people and, and name calling and stuff like that. Um, and it's very far from my, my natural character to be that way, but that's what happened to me. And it wasn't really until I was writing letters to people just two years ago that I was like writing letters to people who have hurt me. So of course that includes the relationships that I was in. And I remember just thinking about this person. And at the end, like, of course, it's all about forgiveness because I, my first letter was very angry. And I was like, how dare you? I was such a sweet person. And you broke something inside of me that I should have been able to carry forward in, in my next relationships. And then I started feeling anger. Um, but ultimately, I, I forgave him. I was like, what was your life experience that that's who you felt that you needed to be? Like for you to to express yourself in that way means that you have gone through things that I could never understand because I couldn't understand how somebody could be that like verbally violent. And, and I think that that's a really important part of, of healing is 
you go through things and you experience these and you have to learn the forgiveness and it's not for the other people, however cliche or re repetitive that sounds. The forgiveness is not giving another person permission to hurt you again. It's not giving them permission to access you again. It's just saying the weight of what you have done no longer, I'm not going to carry it anymore. I'm taking that bag off and I'm placing it on the floor and I'm going to leave it for the universe to figure out what to deal with it. And there really is a weightlessness. Like there's a moment where you, you get rid of the, the last thing, I guess, or you get rid of enough of it that you're like, you know what, even though I have gone through this trauma and I have had people abuse me, or maybe you're, you yourself have been abused, uh, uh, an abuser, that you can still let it go and still have a happy, healthy life and then spend the rest of your life being at peace and enjoy, even if the whole first half of your life wasn't like that. Absolutely. I totally agree. It is also very powerful. I do agree with forgiveness. And I, th I feel like, especially with, um, uh, like you said, with um, domestic violence and sexual assault, that many people feel like it has to be that, you know, when I forgive, I'm letting this person know, you know, like what they did was okay. Or I'm, you know, giving permission for someone to do this to me again, or like forgiveness just is um, so distorted when in reality, as you mentioned, it is really for yourself, letting that, you know, um, for healing for yourself. Yeah. I talk about, I have a, uh, another episode about um, forgiveness and the way that I had always seen forgiveness done when I was growing up was like forgiveness was that somebody did something to you and then you forgave them and therefore you re-entered the situation. So the word carries um, a lot of connotations that people could be adverse to or feel repelled by the word forgiveness because based on what they've seen, you know, if, if forgiveness always came with a change of action, we'd all love forgiveness, wouldn't we? We'd be like, I forgave him. He changed. Everything's better. He never did it again. Then nobody would be afraid of that word. But what we see is I forgave him and then I, I allowed a re-entry. And it's like forgiveness is for you to release the pain. And then your boundaries are part of your self-love. Your, your new take on, you know what? I love myself so much that I have to, you know, protect this person. Like future me needs me to be strong now so yes. that I can get to being whole, happy, healthy, and complete and living a life that is amazing. And, and, um, in relationships, one thing is you should not experience fear, like fear of maybe communicating your feelings is, is fine, right? If you don't have communication tools yet, but you shouldn't feel afraid to be yourself or to take actions in your life. Like you shouldn't be afraid to go out as a teenager. Like I want to address the, um, younger demographic of people like these, these high schoolers in abusive relationships. Like this is not your parent. That person can't tell you who you can and cannot spend your time with. Right. If you have somebody that's saying, if you spend time with your friends, that means you don't love me or they'll threaten to, to take their love away if you go and, and, and do things that you enjoy. That is abuse as well. That is somebody saying, you must stop being yourself if you care to continue receiving love from me. And 
that's a really great indicator that it is not love that you're receiving at all. It is maybe like you need your anxiety to be alleviated, right? This person, if they talk to you again, you can say, oh, at least this person likes me enough. Like this person's attention makes me worthy. And you don't need anybody's permission to be worthy except for your own. One of the other things that I have um, that I do journaling is like my, my big one. Um, but then also affirmations, like looking in the mirror and calling yourself beautiful or looking in the mirror and saying, you know, I'm really strong. I'm really resilient. I'm really brave. I'm really capable. I've survived everything that I've been through. Um, like saying things to you that like how you were listening to that song. You're like, this isn't a song from another person to me. This is me to me. You can go in the mirror and do it for yourself and say, everything you wish that somebody would say, you know, like all the, all the romantic, beautiful things of like, I want a partner to tell me that I'm beautiful and that they want to spend all their time with me. I go in the mirror and I say, I love my own company. And and I've met a lot of people now, like through networking events. Um, I go out to lunch. I take myself to lunch by myself. I can go have dinner by myself. I can, I love going and having tea. I'll go to the park. I'll go for a walk around a lake. I spend a lot of time alone with myself because I I enjoy my own company. And I've noticed that when I get into these healthier groups of people, like one of my affirmations that I used to say all the time was that I'm I'm surrounded by conscious, intelligent, you know, highly evolved people. I would say that all the time. And that is now my reality. And so I'll notice a lot of these people, they're like, I love my own company. So yeah, I'll go to dinner by myself. Like I don't need to wait for someone to want to spend time with me, for me to go do something I love. You do things that you love on your own. And sometimes I think that's really what people need, especially if you've been in a long abusive relationship and you get out of it, like spending quality time with people can be really nourishing, but being okay with being alone and seeing what happens when you are alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had, um, I was just recently talking to a young person and, and talking about, being um alone and feeling lonely and we were talking about you know the difference and um as for myself i told her that i feel like there is you know healthy you know it's it's very healthy to be able to do things on your by yourself to be alone i i'm one of the people that go to a movie Mm-hmm. by herself and um which is not very often when uh, you know when you people they're like you went to a movie by yourself I'm like yeah they freak <laughs> out they don't know how to take it they're like what? <laughs> um I laugh to myself I laugh at my own jokes I crack myself up it's just the mm-hmm. funniest thing you know and um and even smiling by myself and just all those things what I was telling her was that um when you're, you know, there's a difference, you know, feeling like you're feeling depressed, you're feeling lonely, and then you need those, you know, you might need someone there. Um, and then there's a healthy way of coming out and spending time with someone that you trust. And, and I do that. There are times that I just love being alone. And then there's other times that I'm like, okay, this, and I'm feeling a little lonely. And I call up on, you know, call a friend, I'll um, go hang out, um, spend some time with people. And, and I told, and that's what I had explained. So I said, yeah, learning to really love yourself, spending that quality time alone and um, journaling. That's when you learn so much more about yourself with journaling. And, um, but then also when it's time, you know, to come 
out and, and spend time with people, it's also very important because um, we need to be around other people as well. And so that was just interesting when you talked about being, you know, spending time and learning how to be alone, where if it's someone that is constant and was always, as you mentioned, you know, spent years. I mean, so many young, so many people have been in, in long-term, long-time marriages or long-time relationships. And then they get out and they're like, or kids move out. Okay. Who am I now? What do I do now? Yeah. What do I do with my life? <laughs> but right. you, who am I? Yeah. Yeah you but when you do spend that time i like i said just the past year just learned so much just being quiet with myself journaling um and i as well do 100% agree with affirmations and i one young girl had asked me um she texted me and she said i'm feeling a little down could you give me some tips what do i do and what I tell a lot of young people, it, it's a, it's not something that it's life changing. It's not, you can wake up in the morning and you can say, um, I love you today. I love you today. I love you. Um, you are beautiful. You are smart. You're intelligent. You're, and you can go on and you can say these things. And then the next day you don't, then the next day you're feeling down again. And then the next day you don't, I mean, it is like something that you have to do every single day. And when you're feeling even at your best, still do it because, and then it just becomes part of your life. And those are the ways in which I feel that you begin to see true change. And as you say, it begins to manifest in your life. Now, all of a sudden you're waking up and you're like, you know, I don't even have to say these affirmations anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, this they just come to mind. Tuesday. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, when I first started doing affirmations, this is what I've noticed. This is what I would want people to, to understand about affirmations, right? I had a list of 55 self-love affirmations that I was reading. The first day, I mean, you feel like you're going to throw up at some of the things. You're just yeah. like, oh, this is so corny. This is stupid. This is not true or your brain will just start firing back all of the negative thoughts that it's processing every day. You're right. going to hear your own thoughts that are harming you come up when you try to say something nice to yourself. And then I was doing, it was supposed to be like a 30 day challenge. I think over the course of three months, I had put like little check boxes and I was like, I'm going to check off one every day. I think I got to like 15 boxes over the course of three months. But when I tell you that by the end of it, I could read this list of 55 affirmations. Little by little, what would happen was I'd be like, um, I had purchased this list from Regan Hillier. I purchased a list of 55 self-love affirmations. And one of them was like, I, you know, I am so intelligent. And I remember that one in particular because it was triggering to me because my biggest, you know, issue was I'm not smart enough to do these things. One day I was like, you know what, damn it, I'm smart as hell. <laughs> and all of a sudden I started breaking through. And then I'd be like, I am surrounded by love. And I'm like, well, you know, that one's actually true. And little by little, my brain was like, well, that's true. Well, that's true. And it started finding proof in my life that I did have these things. And I was in the same household. I was changing my, my thoughts, my internal state. I was going out a little bit at the time I was going through a healing journey. So going out in the world wasn't really possible for me all the time, but in the same space, in the exact same body, with the exact same circumstances, all of those things, little by little, it wasn't that they had become true. It's that they had always already been true. And I couldn't see it yet until I looked in the mirror and, and said it to myself. And I was like, 
you know, brain, heart, soul, spirit, whatever. You need to listen to this. You know, this is good for us. And sometimes I'd have a thought, I'd be like, you know, I am, I am love. And my brain would be like, this is dumb. And one day I was like, shut up, like voice in there. Like, why are you trying to mess up my day? I'm trying to do something nice. Who, what, what is this voice? What do you want from me? You know? And I had to say, oh, now I'm going to quiet the old self so that I can hear this. And and I had to have, it's in your mind. You said it there was like all internal, like it's an internal battle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. So Irene, are your books, okay, so when can we expect the next one is caught in my thoughts, finding my peace, right? Yes. Yeah. When is that one coming out? So that people find you. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So that is coming out at the end of this month. It should be published then. Um, August 21st is my, um, my book signing. And that is really when the books will be completely, you know, they're out, they're in hand. And um, the book signing, I would say you can find me um, on Facebook under Eileen, Irene Cruz, or actually <laughs> I do go by two names. So it would be under Eileen, that's E-I-L-E-E-N Cruz. And, um, and again, the book signing itself is August 21st. And that will be, I do have, I'm going to be creating an event on Facebook as well. Still working on um, possibly getting, um, you know, web a website and things like that mm-hmm. together. But um, also um, my email address. Okay, perfect. So I'll put your email address down wherever people can contact you. And yeah, any other things that you want to share with them? Or like, what's one one piece of advice that you would have for you know, a young person or a person at any age who's really at their lowest and they're like, you know, what what can I do right now? I want to start on my journey to self-love. What should I do first? I would say um, the, the very first thing would be, as we mentioned earlier, is journaling. Um, taking that time to journal, calendar um, your, what I always say, calendar your own life. So as your um going into the month, if you find that every time, I know it sounds weird, but you know that we all go kind of wacky, our bodies changes. Um, but really writing down the dates of, you know, this is when I'm at my lowest, what are things that are, that I'm doing? What are things that possibly are happening? Um, when you start to journal, you start to recognize a lot of things that you wouldn't have recognized at the beginning, you know what? to why it's happening. And of course we, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, some things are, some things just happen. And, um, however, I feel like doing that is probably the very first thing that I started doing. And then, um, doing those affirmations every morning, every morning, being thankful, grateful. Um, I go to bed, I wake up every morning. I say something that I'm grateful for. I go to bed and say something that, um, I'm thankful for as well. Um, those things are a good way to start um, living and learning to love yourself. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. I love that advice. I'm th- The one thing that I wrote down was the calendar your life because I was like, oh, I had never really thought about that. Like, what are my, what are my cycles of, um, 
when I get into a slump, right? Because it, it happens. And I think that's one thing to know too, is when you get to the self-love point, where you're like, I live an amazing life. Everything's wonderful. You're still going to have really bad days and sometimes weeks and sometimes months. Yes. Um, like life will still be normal. You'll just have, you'll have a home base to come back to. Like you'll have your own internal state and say, I know that even though this hurts really bad, what I'm going through, it's a moment in my life and I will be myself again. And I am going to get back to the self-love. And I think that that's what brings that's the peace part of the self-love journey. So I I love it. Thank you so much, Irene, for coming on my podcast. I was so excited to have you on here because like as a writer, the fact that you're about to publish your third book to me is just like the coolest thing, you know, (laughs) in existence. Like, oh my God, you actually did it. Writers dream about this of one day I'm going to have a book and your book is changing lives and I love your journey so much. So I'm really grateful for you coming on my podcast. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. And this was a wonderful conversation. I look forward to talking to you soon, Janice. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks everyone for listening and have a beautiful day. I hope all of your dreams come true.